Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate at an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. Welcome to yet another episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and with me as always is your boy, Nick. Uh, Thank you, Nick. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Intro right there. You know, it's, uh, it's a rough day. Really? For the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. Oh, not for you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm the sentimental one of the group, I guess, since I spend too much time in this room. But this will be the last episode of... We ever record in the studio. Oh, yeah, it is. Every episode of this show has been recorded here. And that ends today. Sucks. Sad day. Yeah. Uh, when this comes out, I will have moved across the Pacific Ocean to an undisclosed location. With Ho- Jesse Ventura. Hawaii. It's, oh, it's okay. Hawaii. <laughs> will Jesse Ventura be there? I hope not. Um, I don't think I need to worry about the predator there. Mm. Uh, but if I do... I know where to find him. Or the body. Minnesota, I think, probably. I don't know. But yeah, this is the last episode of the show we're ever going to record here. Yeah. At the end of it, we have to thermite the whole thing. Dude. To make sure nobody gets our yeah. secrets. <laughs> uh, and nobody finds all the lines that Nate has cut out of the show to save us from being libeled or, or being brought to court for libel <laughs> or slander. <laughs> so it's like, ah, all these times that... I think one time you called Mel Gibson a pedophile or something. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> I believe that was the uh, uh, the Patriot episode. He's like, yeah, you guys can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to call him and his character in the in the movie a, pa- a pedophile, but yeah, yeah. In, in Minecraft as a bit. I don't even know what I have to say in order to skirt laws anymore. Yeah. Anyway, have you ever heard of the Wagner Group? No. I don't blame you. It's kind of their whole reason uh, is they're so secretive. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about mercs, uh, mercenaries on the show. We've had a mercenary on the show. Nice. Um, you, you've probably heard of... I've Na- played the game Mercenaries. Uh, which one is... Is that the one where they were in North Korea? I honestly don't remember because it was a <laughs> long time ago. I do remember that there was a ghost recon in North Korea. Soldier of Fortune. There we go. Uh, I don't think you don't remember that game. I do, yeah, and it it was weird because it we've we've been over this before. Uh, It was weird that it had the same name as the magazine, but we're not connected. But no, we're not connected. uh, There's going to be a a couple names like in the mercenary world you're going to know, like Blackwater or Diamond or Titan or Aegis. Fuck, I've had my clothes washed by people who work for Dyncor. Um, but nobody's. Now, unless you've been paying attention to weird uh, national security type people on like social media, which I encourage people not to do. They're terrible. Um, I try not to. You've probably never heard of the Wagner group or you've probably heard them called Wagner. It's, it's, it's Wagner. It's named after the German composer Wagner. Uh, but we'll get to that point. And I really hadn't either. Until uh, I was reading a news story that came out in 2018 that documented a battle that sounded like it belonged more to a 1980s Chuck Norris movie than real life. Hell yeah. Um, and that was the time... Roundhouse hun- kicks and denims. <laughs> and that was the time hundreds of soldiers for hire, maybe, purporting to be working for Wagner, maybe, attacked a U.S. base in Syria, definitely, uh, defended by around 40 Green Berets and some members of the YPG. Uh, Heard of it. The battle lasted about four hours, involved multiple airstrikes and gun runs and artillery, and ended with the deaths of maybe hundreds of Wagner mercs and or or maybe Wagner proxies, but not a single United States killed in action or uh, SDF either. Huh. Maybe. Notice okay, I'm sprinkling yeah. that in there There's a lot. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of reason for that. One, by nature, 
uh, this group does everything it's can to hide its existence and everything it does. Secondly, I don't want to disappear. So, because oh, <laughs> they maybe have done that to a few people. So you're not going to Hawaii, I heard. No, uh, actually, I accepted a new and prosperous uh, job position in uh, the El Nusra front. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, that, that's a bit. I am not a terrorist. <laughs> no, uh, I actually got an email from a nice Russian man in Vladivostok, and uh, he, but he told me not to bring a cell phone. Uh, so, like, it's weird. I'll probably never hear from you again. But So that's the battle we will talk about eventually. But we do have to get in a little bit more into the weeds on this, what people have probably not correctly called Russian Blackwater. Oh. Uh, so what would eventually become known as Wagner was founded sometime around 2014 by a guy named Dmitry Utkin. Or Utkin, I'm not entirely sure which. He was born in the, the USSR, but more specifically Ukraine, uh, in 1970. The man's life is pretty much entirely shrouded, uh, shrouded in mystery, like you would imagine a guy right. that we're talking about on this show and a weird Russian mercenary group would be, uh, and there's a very good reason for that. He ended up in the GRU Spetsnaz, mm. uh, the GRU being the main military intelligence directorate. Uh, we've pointed this out before in our Soviet-Afghan war series, but Spetsnaz isn't really a thing. It's not a unit. It's not like the SEALs. Yeah, It's an umbrella term for special forces in the USSR. And various successor states from that. Everybody has a spet like the GRU has a Spetsnaz uh, of Ukraine, like a couple other post-Soviet states do. Like, there's no, there's you can't just say he was in the Spetsnaz. Like, it's not even a thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, the, the several different Spetsnaz units exist. What's actually important is he was in the GRU, which is spook shit. Yeah, it's more equivalent to the NSA than anything else. Oh, okay. I, I guess. Maybe CIA, maybe like CIA paramilitary organization. Uh, it's weird. They really don't have an American counterpart that we've ever heard of, which I guess is the point. Uh, I guess that's good. Yeah. Um, that it, sure. Now, what he did during his time in the GRU, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, is completely unknown. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the point. Yukin uh, and the Russian government have not been very open with his service record. Though he does have a um, Hero of the Russian Federation Award, which is weird because he's not Russian. He's Ukrainian. How do you get that award? Uh, service in the Russian army. Mm. Uh, like A lot of them are given out like during the Chechen Wars and stuff like that, but uh, it's probably almost certainly due to his involvement in the Russian annexation of Crimea and the Ukrainian Civil War. Oh, okay. Or the war in the Donbass, or also known as Russia kind of invading Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, though, I, would, I will have to say that his service record within the GRU covers both Chechen wars. So, oh, wow. Probably dabbled heavily in war crimes. And that's, there's a good chance that's where his hero award came from. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm swinging for the fences here. It can come from anywhere. Also, like, it's not like we have a 214 or anything with that on it. Like, he just wore the goddamn thing. But he also had to be staying next to Vladimir fucking Putin. So, like, he, he probably earned that medal. Right. And since he was in the GRU and probably fought in both Chechen wars, he probably disappeared a lot of people for that little, that oh, little imagine, bit of yeah. uniform flair. And he eventually retired as a brigadier in 2013. Though that definition of retired is pretty fucking tenuous. Uh, as soon as he technically kind of became a civilian, he dived headfirst into the wonderful world of private military contracting, mm. also known as being a mercenary. This just so happened to be around the same time that the Russian government decided it was a really good idea to prop up the Syrian genocidal dictator Bashar al-Assad, noted eye doctor who likes to gas and barrel bomb his own people. He's an eye doctor. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know why that's the weirdest part of that sentence, but it is. Uh, Russia wanted to get involved, but it wanted to do so in a way that would allow them to be hands-off on the international stage. That golden, plausible deniability that every world leader loves, but Russia's always been kind of bad at. Like, Awful. Like, if you remember in like, Crimea, like, look, it's the little green men, as they called them, but like they're definitely Russian soldiers. Yeah. yeah. That led them to reach out to a company that was called Moran Security. Like most PMCs, 
Moran generally did support work, uh, like Dynecore type stuff where they like supported builders and laundry type shit. Um, they did some security too, but like what they went to Moran for was like kind of what Blackwater did back in the day was like, we need you to run armed convoys and shit like that. Like Moran didn't do that. So they reached out to Utkin or Utkin, whichever I'm calling him. He had an idea that would pretty much do what Blackwater did. Uh, That was scoop up highly trained soldiers of the military as soon as they got out of service. But before they end up becoming racist cops or whatever it is, Russian vet bros (laughs) do. Uh, I legit have no idea. Is there any Russian re- is yeah. there like is there a t-shirt company? Uh, yeah, it's just them, but they're just saying Chechen slurs. Instead. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it could just it could just be black uh, black rifle coffee because they have like infidel shirts and yeah. stuff. Like it could be the same thing. There it is. That, that's like the connection. That's what's finally going to end. I don't uh, think coffee the cold. would be that big over there. It's Russian fucking vodka companies. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, may, maybe they say just really hurtful stuff about Armenians. I have no idea. But they're out there. I know they're out there. They have to be. We need to know. Yeah. If you're Russian, tell us. Don't uh, send us a vet bro Russian t-shirt. No, please do. I, I, I would it. love to see one. <laughs> just send a picture. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can find a lot of them. These guys were promised $4,000 a month, which doesn't sound like... So we're used to like crazy like triple canopy recruiters re- reaching out to us. Like you're going to make $15,000 a month. Uh, at least I've gotten those emails before. And I knew that had to be a lie. Cause I'm not qualified to do anything. <laughs> um, but like, that's a lot for a U.S. soldier, but like even more in Russia, they had a phone interview. So like they'd call them like, yep, this is, I, I, I don't know what job you're hiring me for, but $4,000 a month sounds great. Like perfect. I used to get paid in food. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they had an in-person interview uh, with a guy that worked for Moran named Slavik Kalashnikov. Yeah. Any relation? No. Okay. Um, yeah. So, like, he now this Kalashnikov guy said he was a general in the FSB. He is not. <laughs> he never was. You get his 214? He actually is a reserve lieutenant colonel. Um <laughs> After their second meeting, he's the, the 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 recruit would be given a contract to sign, and then was immediately sent out that same day, um, like so fast that like they didn't like they weren't like warned ahead of time like bring bags, like bring extra, get clothes. on the fucking train. Oh, I see you signed great signature. Get the fuck on the train. Like literally, they uh, people commented like, yeah, they were signing their contract on the side of the train before they got on it. Really. So these new hires would be the backbone of the Slavonic Corps Limited, a subsidiary of Moran. Huh. Uh, Though they would try their best and fail miserably to say that the two had nothing to do with one another. Every single one of them would also be breaking the law because under Russian criminal code, it is strictly illegal to be a mercenary and to run a private military corporation. Really? Yeah. I think they'd be down for it. Uh, well, it's like South Africa. It's illegal there too. Uh, be, but like most people think of like South African mercenaries. Yeah, there's ways around it. And the, one of those ways around it is uh, you can actually founded quote unquote the Slavonic Corps in Hong Kong. It's a uh, shell company. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Moran was based in Russia, so by proxy, everyone involved is still doing crimes. Huh. Yeah. They're not good at this. That's when they got sent to Syria, and they were told they'd actually be protecting some, like, Syrian government infrastructure. Like, you're going to be protecting these buildings. So, like, they can free up Syrian soldiers to go do war crimes against Kurds and stuff. Right. Um, so, after they got there, things pretty much immediately went south. The soldiers signed contracts, being told they would be surrounded by the best of the best. Quickly found out this to be a huge, huge fucking lie. Um, the Slavonic Corps was filled with some soldiers, but mostly criminals that had very obvious prison tattoos, uh, because like Russia has a very pronounced prison tattoo culture. I saw the $4,000. I went blind. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them had never fired a gun before. Uh, and it's like various other people, like they're missing fingers and stuff, uh, that like they just scraped up that crunch time. Uh, the soldiers were told that they'd be under Syrian government contract. And they'd be issued the best equipment that could be furnished in the country. Nice. That also was not true. The contract was not with the Syrian government, but instead was signed by just some friend of the Syrian president. And there was nothing in place to ensure these guys got anything. A lot of them never got paid. What? 
They were stationed in Latakia, housed in a horse stable, and issued weapons that were in some cases 70 years old. Holy shit. <laughs> also, they found out they were not going to be guarding anything. They would instead be used as infantry, like assault troops. <laughs> uh, their first and only mission would be to regain control of Syria's eastern oil fields. And they were packed aboard old minibuses that were at least 50 years old, trucked 350 miles across rebel territory in order to accomplish this. And like a lot of them noted that like they had tanks that were supposed to like escort them. But then they immediately started driving in a different direction. Like they just got (laughs) ditched. As they were driving across rebel-held territory, a Syrian helicopter, thinking they're an enemy convoy, swooped in and uh, the, to shoot at them, but then got tangled in some power lines <laughs> and then crashed directly on top of a bus that was in the convoy. You think the pilot's like, ah, I meant to do that. <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> First uh, try. Uh, exploding in just like an acme-sized fireball. Uh, the only person that died in this incident somehow was the pilot. He meant to do it. He was like, yeah, <laughs> first try, I got it. He's like, man, working for Bashar al-Assad sucks. I'm going to kill myself in the most radical way possible. <laughs> when the enemy has tanks, how will I be able to kill him without power lines? <laughs> he was actually just like a radical eco-terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take out the power lines. I can't use fuel anymore. <laughs> uh, after that, they pulled into the city of Homs, where 200, uh, where there are 200 and so... Uh, Mercs immediately were attacked by thousands of anti-Assad rebels. $4,000 kind of sucks right now. <laughs> yeah, it sucks bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Russians did not even attempt to fight. It was not a retreat as much as it was a rout, and six of them were wounded. Uh, they abandoned all of their equipment so they could get away oh, faster. I too. <laughs> uh, but somehow none of them died. I don't huh. get that. Like, maybe they really were highly trained elite Spetsnaz operators, because like, Someone should have died. Not just some random Syrian pilot. I learned this in Spetsnaz. How to run away. You zag, not zig. I learned how to run away expertly in the French military. (laughs) Hey! Uh, Yeah. The lamest military history joke on earth. Yeah. Uh, The mission was supposed to last five months. It barely lasted one. (laughs) (laughs) It started off. It started off good. The men were flown out of Syria, and as soon as they landed, they got arrested by the Russian authorities. <laughs> because it turns out the Russian government had never actually said that they were okay with any of this, despite the company telling everyone uh, and all of the recruits that nothing that they were doing was illegal, and the government was totally involved. Do I still get 4000 Uh Thankfully, the soldiers were released after it became clear that they had been lied to, and they're all very, very stupid. Instead, the head of Moran now faces eight years in prison. <laughs> Did any of them get paid? No. (laughs) (laughs) I think some of them may have gotten like an installment, uh, but like none of them saw their full prorated month of salary or whatever. I hope one of them was like, fuck, this is like Afghanistan again. Yeah. So someone like an old retired colonel is like, "Mm, I've seen this play before. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry. This is how we used to eat and drink. Gather around kids. I'm going to teach you to drink this jet fuel. (laughs) All right. It's a bus. <laughs> bus no. fuel, jet fuel, no difference. I don't think he can see. <laughs> All right. So I do have to admit that since this is the FSB we're talking about, there is a very, very, very solid and good chance that they did greenlight this operation, only to get pissed off and embarrassed to watch it fail so miserably. Uh, because like, what happened was the anti-Assad rebels... Uh, like grabbed the equipment that they ditched, which happened to include Moran security IDs, which literally ID'd them as Russian civilians. And then they put it on the internet on Twitter. Nice. Like like any good rebel group, I suppose. And like it kind of broke the whole secret that Russian mercs were suddenly in Syria. Now, could that have happened in the FSB's like, well, time to wash your hands of these guys. <laughs> yeah. Sure, maybe. But I think if that was the case, they would just kill the Moran security people because then they could just be like, no, they totally agreed to all of this. And like the FSB like kills mad people like all the time. So this would not be that big of a chore for them. Right. I think they're just stupid. There's a pretty funny conspiracy theory behind the creation of the Slavonic Corps, which is... Could they have come up with a different name? They should have just called it the Slav Corps. <laughs> right? Slav Corps sounds like a particularly... Awesome version of, of hard base. 
Dude. Like, imagine the free Syrian armies holding so, the oil fields like, wait, do you hear that? You hear... They're like, oh god, and they're coming! Dude just fucking dirt kicked up around him fucking dancing. Dude, so, no lie. You didn't they're even... firing only from the squad. <laughs> Get a good squatting supported position when firing. Everybody gather on circles, load sunflower seeds, spit. So... <laughs> No lie, you didn't even tell me that we were doing this. Yesterday, I was listening to some fucking hard bass because I was falling asleep. <laughs> I was falling asleep, and I was like, you know what? I can listen to some hard bass right now and just watch some random drunk Slav dude dance. The fucking Adidas racing stripes to start tattooing across your legs. Oh yeah. So the the conspiracy theory is because remember, like it's the like, Avatar, the Sylvanic Corps is a shell company of Moran. And so the the theory is Moran was emailed by somebody claiming to be an official within the Syrian Ministry of Petroleum, um, but had no proof that they worked for the Syrian Ministry of Petroleum, and they were worried they were being duped into a hoax, but weren't so worried that they like didn't just delete the email, so they created a proxy company, that being the Slavonic Corps. So the proxy of a proxy at that point. It's like Inception. Like, also, it did end up being a hoax, though, because... They'd pretty much be were just hired by like a guy who happened to know Assad and not the government, so they kind of did fall for that. It's almost like they're going off word of mouth. Like, don't worry, no. Yeah, it's it's 2014. Things like phones and email and like I don't know official letterhead don't exist. Uh, I mean, at this point, someone like the Slavonic Corps' like rebooted version is wandering around somewhere in Nigeria attempting to rescue a prince. <laughs> I got an email. <laughs> Just a dude on the side of the street. Yeah, I'll sign that for you. I know him. <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah. Uh, but you can did learn some solid lessons from this whole clusterfuck. Uh, as he kind of should have, as he was in a convoy that got ambushed and he would have learned better than anybody. You can emerge again, this time at the head of the Wagner Group. A name he chose because of his love for Nazis. And Nazis love them some Wagner. So, like, that's a problem. There's also rumors that he had numerous swastika tattoos. And also, he happens to dabble in a weird neo-Nazi religious cult based on Norse paganism that pretty much all of the leadership of Wagner are signed up into. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, some people would say, Joe, that just sounds like neo-paganism. Yeah. That's why I called him a (laughs) neo-Nazi. I don't care for your bullshit right now. Uh, But I do need to point out there's a good chance Yutkin is not the real owner of Wagner, but rather it is a billionaire who ha- also happens to be a close friend of Vladimir Putin named Yegveni Yig- Parisian, I think. I don't know. And he just keeps Yukin around to actually lead operations in the field. Also, there's um, a rumor that Yukin got the nickname Wagner because he wore a Nazi sh- stahl helm into battle. Uh, really? I'm going to say maybe. Also, I heard like stories like he had horns grafted onto it, which... Huh. You know, if you take away all the Nazi stuff, that's, like, legitimately cool. Uh, But, like, you don't have to hand it to the Nazi, Joe. (laughs) Uh, But, like most things in this episode, we're operating in a whole lot of gray. Um, Anyway, this time, his venture would absolutely, without a doubt, lead him to Ukraine. Ukraine had been torn apart by civil war. Instigated by Russia and Yutkin to the surprise of nobody, was on the side of the Russian back separatists. Now, if you remember back from a few minutes ago, the Slavonic Corps and Moran could pretty obviously... We call them the Slav Corps? The Slav Corps, yeah. Uh, the the hard base boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. Uh, and Moran could be very obviously separated from the Russian government because like, they literally separated them and arrested them. This does not seem to be the case with what became Wagner. One of the biggest hints of this is where Wagner recruits do basic training. And that is right in the middle of a Russian military base in Krasnodar, home of a very specialized GRU unit. Huh. This is pretty much like if Blackwater did their induction training at, like, Bragg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Smack down. Yeah. Their training is given to them by officers of the Russian military and using Russian military equipment. Once they're... Recruits must turn in all cell phones, tablets, or anything else that can be used to contact the outside world, at which point they sign a 10-year non-disclosure agreement, Jesus. meaning they could never speak about anything that happens during their time with the company. They are then stripped of all identification and given a company dog tag that lists only a serial number on it. It does not even know who they work for. Wow. 
There's also uh, a rumor again, not maybe, maybe not. I'm gonna lay it way on the side of maybe. Is that if you have like if you have one of those like stereotypical uh, tattoos that has like your name on it, they cover it up right then and there with like a big black bar. So like if somebody like a fu- tattoo bar, yeah, like if if so like I if, feel like it'd be easier just because it's them they just cut it, just like slice it off, yeah. like set or you have you get a choice between a knife and a blowtorch, like Sons of Anarchy. Like, oh fuck. <laughs> Uh, according to a report given by the Russian investigative jur- uh, by a Russian investigative journalist, unlike Moran, most of the Wagner mercenaries, or at least the ones directly under their employ, we'll talk about more on that in a little bit, are all Russian soldiers, and most are retired, with them being around thirty five years or older. Though the pay is somewhat worse than the glory days of our of our hard base boys, the pay isn't bad, depending on what their rank was in the Russian well, yeah, military. What are we looking at here? Yeah, it, they do have a pay scale. They they start off at around a thousand dollars a month. All right, she's a great no. Uh, but a commander can make around four thousand. Uh, and that's if that sounds bad. A normal Russian soldier makes about three hundred twenty bucks a month. Oh wow, yeah. So it's it's a raise. Uh, but also like you can get steps. Like if you are a canine or you know how to fly jets or whatever. Uh, I would lie on my resume. Yeah, I know how to fly jets. Use your jet. Oh boy. And then I get it. We didn't have these jets. I I didn't use these jets back in the day. Yeah, like how much you get paid is directly corresponding to like what your job was in the Russian military. So like if you were just like, uh, well, one of us, you'd make a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, if you're like someone with an actual skill, like we don't have, you'd, you'd get paid more. So almost as soon as the civil war in Ukraine began, hundreds of Wagner fighters were crossing the border into Russia and into the Donbass area in company-sized elements along with tanks, APCs, and other weapons. How many fuckers were there? Thousands. The Thousands. Wow. Yeah. Um, and getting bigger as we speak. Huh. Because of heavy Russian and Wagner, which may or may not be the same thing, uh, support pro-Russian rebels had some serious gains uh, against the early on confused Ukrainian armed forces. During this time, Wagner fighters were involved in, a, in the shooting down of a military transport plane that killed 49 people. There's also a, a, a fair bit of evidence that Wagner may have been involved in shooting down that Malaysian airline flight oh, wow. over Ukraine. Tentative, I'm not going to go into it a whole lot. It seems like Wagner may have been involved, but... Yeah, it's inconclusive. Like, like 99% of what we're talking about. But like, yeah. Uh, But the battlefields of the Donbass ended up becoming something of a fertile recruiting ground for Wagner. As intelligence began to note that Wagner operatives were soon in charge of entire formations of rebels. The Wagner group used real rebels as newly hired fighters as the companies or possibly the Russian state's scope began to spread. So like, they effectively got involved in this war acting like Ukrainian separatists, and then recruited actual Ukrainian separatists. Huh. Like, it's like a, I don't know, self-licking ice cream cone or yeah. something. It's weird. Like snake eating itself. This will not be the only time they do this. It's actually kind of ingenious because the Ukrainians get paid less, so they like outsource their own mercenary work. <laughs> uh, but the Ukrainians do get paid more than the Syrians, which we'll get to. Okay. Wagner forces found themselves being hired out through Syria and Africa around the same time as world news began to try to figure out just who the hell these guys were. The U.S. government had already slapped sanctions against the people they thought it was in charge of, that being Parisian and Yutkin, but that didn't really do anything because that never works. If, if you run a ultra-secret mercenary company that is involved in like literally six different fucking war zones across the planet, there's a good chance that you're not using legal means of funds right for your for like i don't know your night on the town or whatever it's fucking dumb <laughs> oh damn they they froze my local credit union account yeah. i lost all my money anyway i'm gonna go in my secret army that has tanks and jets anyway as the company's footprint expanded leaks began to come out soon there were horrifying stories about what these guys were doing in syria with accounts of uh, wagner employees testing poisons on syrians who refused to fight for assad Yikes. Uh, which, you know, if one person doesn't need help with poison, I feel like it's probably Assad. Oh, that for sure. A journalist named Dennis Korotkov made contact with a former employee of the company who said he took part in said tests. Uh, but as soon as they made contact and the contact became known, the former, the former Wagner employee vanished and uh, Korotkov oh, wow. was never able to speak to him again. 
Like he went to his apartment and it was empty. What? <laughs> yeah. Like Wagner disappeared the guy. Yeah. Almost like people could say like, well, maybe Wagner heard about it and they bought him out. What? I wish I was that dumb. I wish I believed that people would just deal with their problems with money. This is a Russian mercenary company. Yeah. They made him go away. He uh, committed suicide. Yeah, with three shots to the back of the head. With a drone strike. Yeah, yeah him and Jeffrey Epstein both. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and then in the front door of the office where Krok have worked, a severed goat head appeared with a note pinned to it with his name on it. Huh. Yeah. At least it wasn't the severed dude's head. Yeah, yeah that, no, could, that, be wor- be, that yeah. could be worse. At uh, least you could use the goat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, may, make some fucking goat face meat tacos or something. Yeah. Um, you think that's what he thought too? He's like, "Oh yeah, that's good meat right there." Let's make some barbacoa, boys. And then while he's cooking, he's like, "Is that a, is that a note? <laughs> it just says my name on it. That's weird. I'm gonna eat the note." <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like Russian goat face meat tacos is just eating it straight from the goat, like oh, straight yeah, from the sure. face, raw with the fur still on it and shit. It has to be. Everything except, has to be miserable. And somehow it's like you have Russian history. Wait, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, so our, our whole show's tagline is stolen from Russian history. If this all sounds like something of a St. Petersburg rendition of The Godfather, uh, it's because it is, but also it's very on brand for Wagner. We're going to jump into the future for a second and talk about a similar story in 2018. Three Russian journalists are looking into the Wagner Group's activities in the Central African Republic, believing them to be involved in uh, mineral exploitation in the region, in the region which is super common. Um, a, a lot of places where they're at in Russia, and they're in a few, um, People think that they're not actually getting paid; that they're just getting a cut out of the, like the mine, uh, like the mining right. uh, industry, which very on brand for mercenaries operating in the region. Uh, but during their investigation, they were killed during a road ambush. Oh, wow! The official explanation is that they were killed and robbed by bandits, a common occurrence in the CAR, which is a largely failed state. Shout out to France. Um, <laughs> but some things make this really hard to believe. Mostly the fact that absolutely nothing was taken from the scene of the crime and they were not robbed. Really? Yep. <laughs> uh, furthermore, their driver survived unharmed and said the people who ambushed them were wearing turbans and speaking Arabic, despite the fact they were com- on the completely wrong side of the country for Arabic-speaking Muslim population to be there. An independent investigation showed that the driver was connected to a high-ranking local cop. The same high-ranking local cop that had recently committed training by... Dremel. Oui. Wagner Group. <laughs> uh, turns out all cops really are bastards, yeah. <laughs> even the African ones. Uh, cell phone records show that the two were in communication every hour up until the time of attack. Holy shit. So yeah, Wagner definitely killed those guys. Fuck yeah. Yep. So back to our boys in Syria. Uh, were, the, were the journalists just going around telling people, yeah, we're investigating this. We're looking for Wagner Group. And the taxi guy's like, Ew, hey, I'll give you a ride. I mean, I'm just going to go on a limb here. And if you're a journalist in a failed state and a cop comes up and talks to you, you know you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't do their job for free. Like, they're not going to stop and question you for anything other than A, a bribe, B, they're hired to yeah. kidnap you. They didn't just see you jaywalking and go, hey, come over here. Yeah. Yeah. So, back in Syria. God, oh, back you, to Syria? Could you imagine, like, uh, getting arrested for jaywalking in the Central African Republic as, like... <laughs> There's a civil war going on yeah. around you. You see people getting shot at, and you're just like, really? The cops like, hey, we do what we can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone That's runs right by now. on fire. Hey. Uh, Russia got more involved in nearly every aspect of that war, in case anybody has been paying attention to the last six years of news. Uh, but they needed more soldiers that were technically not Russian soldiers. Because, like, when Russian soldiers die, it's, I mean, it's 2020 in I Russia. Russians were really good at that, though. I mean, it. It's it's hard to hide the shit that they used to hide. Like you can't just be like, "Yep, your boyfriend went missing." <laughs> like they they did kind of do that. Like to the Russian soldiers who were fighting in Ukraine. Like there's no Russian soldiers fighting in Ukraine. They're on leave and they went over their their own free will. <laughs> and we don't know what happened to them as they like silently bury them late at night. Yeah, uh, but like even then that raises suspicion. But like if you just vanish in syria and you're a and you're a merc who doesn't that doesn't actually work for the government quote unquote like it's a lot easier huh, you don't yeah. have to bring that body home right saves saves a plane ticket mm. um i mean they're like subcontractors i guess uh but they're all pretty much subcontracted out to syrian oil and gas agencies um uh, with the idea of 
Wagner worked for them and those oil and gas industries paid them directly. So that didn't count against the Russian Ministry of Defense spending. It's bookkeeping, but it's like kind of not dumb. I I guess this is like, this is the weird Russian synergy version of imperialism. I'm not really sure. Um, They employed two different kinds of mercs. That being the smart, probably former VDV paratrooper, former member of the various Spetsnaz formations, GRU types. Those guys train and assist Syrian forces, the Syrian Arab army. Right. Um, as force multipliers, which a term that everybody in the show should be used to by now. They make proxies. Um, or just straight up fighters. Um, and those guys were not the highly trained people that people think they are. Uh, those, even one former Russian officer called them, quote, cannon fodder. Yeah, not a good sign. No, not at all. Uh, these guys were just higher paid grunts. Though you, I, I do believe that if you died, your your family just like wired like thirty grand, told to shut the fuck up. I guess, I guess I, sh- <laughs> whatever. And this is what brings us to this hilarious firefight. Probably the most direct military confrontation between the United States and. Kinda, sorta, but definitely Kinda, the Russian so, Federation yeah. since the Korean the, War. Yeah, yeah Russia. Because um, if you remember during the Korean War, the, the Soviets had straight up pilots. Oh, yeah. Fighting in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is probably the most direct confrontation, unless there's some things that have not quite made it to light. America, being America, had also got involved in the Syrian Civil War, mostly to contain and destroy the threat of ISIS. Um, in order to do so, they quickly backed America's favorite local proxy in various wars in the Middle East, the Kurds. Though, as these actually being the Syrian Democratic Forces, which is heavily made up of the YPG and YPG, YPJ, not all Kurds. A lot of it's Assyrians, Armenians, Chaldeans, you name it. But most people just know them universally as the Kurds. Right. So, fucking sure. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go about this. Blanket name. Yeah. I just this is Armenian erasure, okay? Uh, but these groups, while not technically an open war against the Syrian government, were certainly against some of their proxies, and some of those proxies were being led, trained, and manned by members of the Wagner Group. This led to both sides meeting each other in the oil-rich area around the Dirizor and Syria. Um, now, the Syria this Syria contracted. Wagner Group wanted to secure these oil fields for the Syrian government. And that's actually probably the entire reason that this group was contracted out. Because remember, they had tried that before. Um, Yeah. Uh, While the American forces and their SDF allies wanted to secure the oil field because ISIS had made a killing selling black uh, black market oil, mostly to Turkey, to uh, fund their insane death cult. Yeah. Uh, so they wanted to make sure they didn't get retaken. Also, obviously, the SDF wants to secure the oil because they want to sell it too. Uh, but like, at least they're not selling it to fucking ISIS or Turkey. I guess what I'm saying is fuck Turkey. I think you are. Yeah, I, I try to squeeze it in whenever I can. I'm not biased. Is there? Yeah, I felt like there may no. have been a bias there. No, I don't know what you think that could be biased. In fact, I'm Armenian, or there's a YPG flag sitting on our desk. <laughs> 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 um, though uh, both countries did. Openly talked to one another. Like they had a line of communication open to make sure there wasn't like confliction zones, mercenary or otherwise. Like it was one of those the US, like, look, we know these aren't technically Russian soldiers, but could you tell them to fuck off and move? And Russia would be like, well, they're not our soldiers, but we'll see if they'll listen to us. And then they'd follow orders and move. Yeah. And like the US would do the same thing, which is like how they had confliction zones and made sure that the Russians and Americans didn't try to murder each other all the time. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a neighborly thing to do if you're waging a proxy war right next to one another. When the U.S. saw there happened to be an incredibly large buildup of what they thought were Russian mercenaries or at least Russian proxies or at least a a larger group of Syrian Arab army soldiers led by Russian proxies uh, near their special forces base, they asked them to cut the shit. Like, come on, guys, you know we're here. Stop. Uh, To which Russia said they had no ability to control those forces. They're not involved. Um, now this is interesting because the U S had broken the radio, uh, encryption and all of them were speaking Russian. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So whoops. Uh, the small American outpost consisted of about 30 Delta force operators and, uh, a couple Rangers mixed in a dozen or so SDF soldiers. Uh, and they're all posted next to a Conoco plant. So like, it's not exactly a fucking castle they're defending here. Right. Um, 
And about 20 miles away from them was a different American base known as Mission Support, which had a, another like couple squads of Delta Force operators and um, some kind of drone operating detachment. Um, and that drone detachment was uh, watching this huge group of what they were pretty sure were Wagner guys massing. Right. They counted around 500 soldiers, 27 vehicles, including tanks and APCs, and various support vehicles. Mission support set up a quick reaction force of about 16 guys, which is about all they had. Jesus. To uh, attempt to run out there and and, uh, reinforce the the Conoco plant. Um, At 10.30, the small Delta Force base came under heavy tank and artillery uh, fire. While the troops inside quickly began setting up a defensive printer, manning anti-tank rockets and machine guns, it was not going to be enough. As you can imagine, the troops on the ground and mission command wanted to think this is an accident by Russia. And like, instead of like calling in air support or anything like that, which was also in the works, but they're like, call these guys off. They must not, they must just think it's SDF here or something. Right. Um, but Russia strongly denied that they had anything to do with what was going on. This is actually where Russia fucked up. After being told by Russia multiple times they were not in control of these soldiers, U.S. Secretary of Defense James Mattis ordered General Joseph Dunford to annihilate the force using every means possible, which means supporting uh, Marine rocket artillery open fire waves of jets were called in and they were bombed for three hours. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like they were they were bombed. Artillery striked and strafed and otherwise just fucked up for three hours. <laughs> but the attackers did not break. Really? And this is the part where like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, but like, that's the important part here is under hours of literally every kind of weapon that they could call in, these attackers did not stop attacking. Like They withstood an attack and kept, kept attacking. That's something that, surprise, the Syrian Aram Arby does not do. Right. Um, they withstood the barrages when the jets finally had to turn around and refuel, and then that's when they pressed their attack. Uh, according to reports, it was a simple, now unsupported, frontal assault. Jesus. Uh, the assault was beaten back long enough for another wave of jets to be called in. This finally broke the attack. Inside the base, only one SDF soldier was lightly wounded. I assume he, like, sprained his ankle. Yeah, he like- was running and fucking, oh, my an- oh <laughs> fucking rocks. My ankle durability. Since then, people, and even now, uh, have been arguing just how many people and who died in the attack. Russia said that four Russian citizens died in the attack, and they are supporting a force of around four hundred, or sorry, around one hundred Syrian soldiers. But it's a comically low number that makes no sense. The Syrian army, especially at this time, was just about the most inept force fighting in Syria. Almost every single rebel army had higher morale, better fighting ability. Syrian Arab army fucking sucks. So the idea that they're going to withstand hours of bombardment, like they almost certainly have never withstood before, and then press an attack against a fixed position for hours? Unsupported? No, they're not going to do it. Absolutely not. I do not buy that for a second. As Americans in SDF watched people show up and recover the dead and wounded from the battlefield, and it took them hours to do so to to, to get them all, I am willing to believe that something around the American estimate happened. That is, 300 fighters were killed, and most of them were members of the Wagner group. I'm willing to bet the number is closer to 200, but hundreds. Right. For sure. And most of them were not Syrian. Also, like when they did, when they lost, when they suffered losses in Ukraine, the Russian government attempted to keep news of people dying in Syria on the down low, but that did not work. They always try to keep everything on the down low. Yeah, mostly because people are people and they're going to talk. For one, it was Alexander Ayanov. Now, he's a Russian businessman and member of the Other Russia Party, a pretty much neo-Nazi nationalist party. That said, he had heard from sources within Wagner of within Wagner that at least two hundred people were killed, and most were members of his party. <laughs> Fuck those guys. On the side note, um, other Russia 
is a legit insane group of people. Their flag is a Nazi flag, but if you took the like the the red flag with the swastika in the middle, but if you took the swastika off the middle and put a hand grenade in there. It's mostly made up of Nazis, nationalists, and other far-right weirdos that all came from the National Bolshevik Party, which is widely known on cursed edges of the net as the Nazbols. They're Nazis, which tracks with Utkin's personal beliefs. Uh, I'm willing to buy that. Also, why would he, why would he need to lie about that? Mm. Now, the reason why Alexander was saying that was not to dime them out. He was saying because he thought the Russian government should honor their sacrifice Rather than just like throw their bodies in an unmarked ditch somewhere in Syria. I'd imagine that. Yeah. So like, I, I hate to say this, but I kind of believe the Nazi. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what does he have to lose by li- like, why would he lie? Like, w- he has nothing to gain. No. But the weird controversy doesn't end there. On this, on another note, Der Spiegel conducted an investigation into the battle as well. Now, Der Spiegel's a pretty well reputable investigated journalists out. I've used them as a source on this show before. They said no Russians took part in the battle at all. Huh. And, and instead, some were stationed back at the Syrian base and were killed in an airstrike. I do not believe that. Uh, other uh, PMCs that work with Wagner have put the de- deaths much, much higher and even added that the families were still waiting for the remains of their loved ones, which does sound very on brand for the yeah, Russian government. But the story of Wagner does not end after hours and hours of being ethered by airstrikes. Uh, Wagner continued to, and most likely still does, fight alongside Syrian government troops in regular battles. They advanced the Syrian forces to occupy American bases that had been abandoned uh, during the latest example of the U.S. leaving the Kurdish people to die at the hands of a bloodthirsty dictator. You may have remembered this hilarious scene as a Russian merc is holding the iconic come-and-take-it flag oh, that he found yeah. in the American base. Uh, they've also been... Um, pretty heavily implicated in uh, repressing Syrian citizens in the case of civil unrest by just firing into crowds, which if you remember all the way back at the beginning of the civil war, that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. Full circle, baby. We did it. <laughs> Wagner popped back up in the breakaway Luhansk reason of Ukraine to referee between various factions who began fighting each other over who would be in charge. There are varying accounts of people like within the separatist movement in the region being disappeared in one way or another or mysteriously killed in a car bomb. Uh, mysterious? It's not that mysterious. It's definitely killed by Russia because like they started speaking out against Russia. <laughs> like, well, they're not helping us. Like, we're still at war and we have no food or money. They're like, dancing isn't, car bomb! Their dancing isn't good. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's mama's one big titty and one little titty. <laughs> and we call her Biggie Smalls. And then that's it. they got a car bomb. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Vladimir Putin's suit. What more can be said? And the set is about the Luhansk version of Ukraine. Bombed out and depleted. Putin <laughs> sucks at hockey. <laughs> a bitch is a fake black belt in judo. <laughs> yeah. And I just, yeah, we're all getting car bombed now. God damn it. My truck will take it. It's only a matter of time. Your truck looked like it already has been car bombed. Hey. <laughs> that means they won't car bomb it. <laughs> Don't pull up that one. It looks like it's still recovering from the last IED. <laughs> the Prius, on the other hand. Oh, man. My, you're fucked. <laughs> my Prius will take this shit like a champ. Yeah. Uh, now, the Wagner group is accused of acting like something like an internal police force to ensure that nobody comes to power within those breakaway regions that might challenge Russia. It has also been opined that they're the ones actually in charge, meaning that they might be the first mercenaries to also run a country. Huh. Weird. <laughs> so they also popped up in Sudan. Did they? Yeah. Uh, to train and advise Omar al-Bashir's forces, because when you're a soulless mercenary army, you must by definition have to work for the worst people on earth. For people unaware at home, he also committed a genocide. <laughs> Uh, during the protest that would eventually oust al-Bashir, Wagner Mercs advised Sudanese cops as they fired automatic weapons fire into crowds of unarmed protesters and mostly women. Cool! Oh, man. You did it, boys! We never have good episodes. No. <laughs> That's not true. Sometimes we're optimistic. Sometimes we talk about animals. That's true. Sometimes we watch good movies. Sometimes. It is believed that they once again operated to... Uh, Protect the nation's mineral wealth in exchange for favorable contracts for Russian companies. Kind of like what they probably did in the Central African Republic. As well as, you know, disappearing LM journalists. Oh, yeah. But 
The Wagner Group is not done! Go and hit the fucking hip-hop CA they're, they're sirens. They're still riding in the sunset? Oh, God. Their sunset is mild. They're, they're, their sunset isn't happening anytime soon. If anything... It's still midday. <laughs> if, if anything, the U.S. is rapidly trying to figure out how the fuck they can create their own Wagner Group. Because all they have is this shitty-ass CIA. They're wondering, like, fuck. Hey, start taking notes. Because, like, the CIA operatives get paid a lot. These guys, they got to pay these guys $1,000 yeah. a month. They go they're do like, war crimes. Fuck, all, that's all we got to do? Yeah, this guy's on a GS scale over here, and they got these dudes working for vodka and boot leather. <laughs> these guys working for bread. <laughs> yeah. And not the fucking money kind. <laughs> uh, their next stop would be the chaotic civil war still going on in Libya. Remember how I said before that Wagner used Ukrainian and pro-Russian militants to flesh out their large bodies of mercenaries to send overseas for pennies on the dollar? You did say that. They found a new source! <laughs> Syria, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not only did they did they take people from the battlefield of Syria, from the Syrian Arab army, but also jihadist groups. <laughs> Everywhere they're going, there's like, recruiting! <laughs> it's like fucking Bizarro World French Foreign Legion. You're terrorist? Cool! You're in. <laughs> like, they pay these guys a couple hundred bucks. Like, they don't really pay them nearly as much. But, like, there's a fair amount of evidence that they've, they've started absorbing people who probably weren't ISIS, but were, like, ISIS-adjacent. ISIS um, they were the, which isn't eh, great. Now, the, there's no gray zone. They're still absolutely fucking monsters, right? Um, and they're they're definitely like terrorist terrorists. Uh, but now they work for Wagner or some other shell company that they call like Va- Wagner, but in Libya, not Wagner. Yeah, uh, we're actually called Bach. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be the only time a classical music joke gets told on this podcast. Nice. Write it down. So they could take the battle-hardened uh, fighters of various Syrian factions and pay them absolute dog shit and then rent them out to Libyan warlord Khalifa Haftar. It's not a good name. <sighs> no. He actually just kind of looks like an old math teacher, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in the most insulting way possible. Never, ha- never had a good-looking math teacher. No, he's not a pretty man. He looks never. like uh, uh, Saddam Hussein if Saddam Hussein uh, uh, injected food. Oh yeah. Um, according to the UN, at least a thousand Wagner men have made their way into the Holy country. Holy shit! Which and so if the UN is aware of it, we can assume the number is like ten times that because the UN's dumb as hell. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. So think of it this way: because Turkey is Russia's geopolitical enemy, and, Ru- and, and Turkey's geopolitical enemy is Syria, uh, but. They're all Syria is also supporting Haftar's enemies in Libya, the government of national accord, by sending Syrian mercenaries. Meaning that between Russia and Turkey, they had to fit. They had actually figured out to export the entire Syrian civil war into <laughs> Libya. <laughs> the country, yeah, yeah. Like because both sides hired mercenaries from the other side's factions and then supported the other side across <laughs> the ocean. It's like a Russian nesting doll of horrific sectarian violence. Let's get the big movers and move her on out of here. I do not think I've ever seen or read anything like that before. And it is impressively awful. Can you call it talent, but not good? Yeah, like sometimes you're going to be good at really bad stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's Civil War Inception. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't think Leo is going to be a part of this one. (laughs) I hope not, at least. (laughs) He spins his top as... For the caliphate. <laughs> oh no, Leo! Oh fuck! <laughs> it stopped spinning. It's it's Leo uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Haftar launched a, uh, a military offensive against Tripoli, where the GNA is headquartered. Um, but as Haftar's advance was pushed back, Russia, and by that I mean Wagner, ramped up support. Russia, gotcha. yeah. They, they, they shipped fighters and bombers from, from Russia to Syria, where they were repainted and then brought to Libya with what most people assume are just pilots I that they bought from Wagner. A shitty paint job, too. <laughs> it's like roller paint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't just hire regular painters to do this. Now, Russia denies ever doing this, but it's incredibly Painting? easy to send the jets. Oh. But it actually, jets could be the worst thing that you can send because it's incredibly easy to track the transit of military aircraft, which just so happens to be what U.S. Africa Command did, tracing them back to Russia. 
They're not good at this. No, Russia's just bad at everything. They're all like when we talked about the the assassinations that were suicides and like a building blew up. Suicide. <laughs> So this did not help as Haftar's forces were pushed back away from the capital of Tripoli in June of 2020. So, like, this month, last month. Hmm. On topic. Yeah. It happens every once in a while. Now, it should be noted, I started writing this before that happened. And actually, <clears throat> as I say the script, it's probably out of date. And they've done a dozen other awful things. Oh, so we're late. Yeah, we're always late when it comes God to this. God damn it. Yeah, they're, they're truly the globe, globe trotters of the worst people on Earth. Um, but Wagner's forces quickly retreated. Um, uh, but other people brought cameras to the areas that they re- that they had retaken from the Wagner forces in Tripoli, and that's when they revealed they left behind swastika gif- graffiti on walls and shit, as well as like giant Russian tags. Like they're not even trying to hide it. No. Um, as well, it's, it's, it's hard to hide douchiness. <laughs> you always have to point it out. There's piles of sunflower seeds and cigarettes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's also, like, they left behind countless booby traps and landmines, one of which was a legitimate no-shit teddy bear that they had stuffed full of explosives. Because, they're just checking off blocks and some, like, supervillain-type shit. Like, watched a movie? (laughs) How can we be more evil than ISIS? I don't even think ISIS had exploding teddy bears. That's some anime shit. Yeah, it is. (laughs) After that, Wagner turned into a Gundam and flew to Syria. (laughs) As we close out this episode, Wagner is probably in at least a half dozen countries, if not more, around the world. And in most of those spots, they're supporting tyrannical war criminals and despots, making them more akin to the CIA than anything Russia has to offer to include the FSB. Like, I have not seen, and I guess in my defense, if you want to consider it incompetence defense, I'm not a national security guy. I rarely write about... uh, Current you don't events. really dabble on that. No, I'm a broke ass historian. So like, but when most people hear of like Russia doing shady shit across the country, here like GRU operatives, like the guys who poisoned those people in the UK, um, where like people always try to connect it back to like old school KGB operatives or something. But like Wagner is much better at all of that than they are. But also several parts of Wagner are GRU. And FSB probably, and who else knows the other fucking acronyms I'm leaving out? Um, it's really hard to pin down what they are, but they're not a private military corporation. They're not like to be a private military corporation. You you can't work for the government, like by definition. It's true. That just makes you another part of the military, right? Or some kind of security apparatus. They're certainly not Blackwater, and I don't mean to say that. I don't mean to be like defending Blackwater. You shouldn't. They're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. They should be in prison for the most part, but. Blackwater would never, like, did basic training at, like, Fort Knox. Like, they had to build their own complexes and stuff. I mean, they, you know of. they definitely worked hand-in-hand with the military. That That's inarguable. But, like, the kind of close relationship that you see here, if it exists in the U.S., we've never fucking heard about it uh, because we don't, they don't want us to hear about it. But people call it the Russian Blackwater. It's just not equal. Black, Wagner is what Blackwater wishes they could have <laughs> yeah. been. Like, Fuck. Eric Prince reads about this shit happening and he gets hard because now he's unemployed and has to run concentration camps for China. <laughs> like, he wishes he could be Demi- uh, fucking Dimitri Yukin. For he's, sure. Instead, he's doing shit for other awful people and he should be in prison too. Oh, they'd probably be best friends. They're both they weird. They probably are. Uh, probably not. They're both nationalists of different caliber. Yukin's an, uh, uh, probably a Nazi. Well, uh, Eric Prince is part of a really weird evangelical Christian family from Michigan that has been doing their best. Michigan to... doesn't put it out these days. They don't put out the good. <sighs> no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So, I guess, now we're done talking about that. Nick, we do a thing on the show called Questions from the Legion. And if we had a song for the question, this is where we'd play it. We don't have one because we're hacks and we're frauds. Uh, Would it be an upbeat song? Or metal? Uh, some kind of wind instrument. Flute? Mm. Flute. Some uplifting S- flute. Skin flute. Doesn't make a noise. <laughs> oh, oh, no, it does. Yeah. I mean, that would that would support our brave factory it would, workers. It would. Um, so, this question from the Legion is, what battle slash war are you interested in uh, in covering but haven't found the time or sources that cover. Um, 
you know, it's it's weird uh, a lot, mostly. Uh, like, most modern wars in, like, Africa, Latin America, like, the Western sourcing, and that's fucking awful. Right. Like, I want to I wanna do, like, the, the Congo War, like, because it's, like, Africa's World War. Fuck all for sources on it. Um, most most of them, if they do exist, they're super weird and focus on a very limited uh, part of the war. Almost everybody wants to talk about like blood diamonds and like Sierra Leone, but nobody wants to like talk about the actual war itself, right? Because it's like nobody cares because the white people weren't involved until they were. Uh, it's uh, the world of of military history is is one of the most biased you can possibly imagine. It's super regional. Um, a lot of the sources that exist are fucking garbage. Um, and the ones that the good ones that do exist and you're not studying like the English speaking world and uh, good luck, <laughs> especially more modern ones. Right. Like, uh, I, I personally, I, I like studying, um, like African wars, especially like the Toyota war, uh, uh, Uganda's hilarious att- uh, attempt to invade Tanzania. Uh, it, it you have all the good ingredients to donkeys. Like you have <laughs> over the top dictators with terrible militaries, just getting fucking stomped into the ground. But like, and then you look it up and there's like an article written by some like fucking Colonel for, uh, uh some military college. And all those essays are terrible. Um, I don't know if you've ever read them. Don't No. Or like, you know, fuck it, I'll do the old-fashioned thing. I'll go to Wikipedia, go to the bottom, and see what they use yeah. as resources. And I'll, I'll you know, reverse trace this until I find something reputable. But they don't have shit listed either. Or if they do, it's in some foreign language that I can't read. So I guess what I'm saying is, fuck. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What about you? Falklands. Mm. That one had some good blunders in it. Falklands is solid because the BBC fucked yeah, over the British did. military. Holy shit. <laughs> I think Falklands would be great. I would love to do a Falklands War series. Um, that actually really helps since our producer's in the UK. Hey. And I'm sure every Falcons veteran fucking hates his guts. So <laughs> uh, I feel like that'd be a great one. Uh, fi- finally achieve the crossover we've been looking for. <laughs> so, Nick, thank you for joining us this year. Our final episode in our room. Damn it! It's been, it's been good. In the room's defense, we never expected to make it this far. No. So I guess everybody, until next time, uh, don't be a Russian journalist who investigates. Oh yeah, no, don't Wagner do that. Group, just, just don't do it. Or maybe you can, just don't announce it. <laughs> I'm here looking for Wagner <laughs> Group. <laughs> It's plain fucking ride the Valkyries. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we will see you next time from my undisclosed location across the Pacific Ocean. Later!